1: Hello and welcome to Attacking Third is CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we're uh, we're introducing a special series to celebrate Pride Month here on Attacking Third, and we're going to be starting it off with a special guest interview today. But quick, a first reminder to, uh, to follow us And subscribe on YouTube for exclusive interviews and that you never miss whenever we go live at YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Today's special guest is the 2021 NBCL Champion with the Washington Spirit, but current Angel City defender. It's Paige Nielsen on Attacking Third. Welcome to the show. Thanks for
2: having me. I'm excited. Uh,
1: we're really hyped uh, to, to have you here on, on A3. It's a first time for you. So we always like whenever someone gets introduced to the show and to our audience. Uh, let's maybe start off with some some regular season uh, chatter here with NWSL. Angel City, off to a pretty good start here in the regular season. How, how would you uh, evaluate uh, your team over uh, the month of May here?
2: Honestly, like I couldn't have asked for... better players, a better coaching staff, a better, like a better community. It's been super fun. I've been, unfortunately, like on the sidelines coming back from injury, but to see our team come from the challenge cup and start to learn how each other plays and each other's tendencies and and to see our stadium packed full of so, so much energy in every single game we come out fighting, like it's the championship game. And I honestly, I haven't been a part of a team with like this much excitement and energy. And I think we're doing so well beyond people's expectations, but I hope we can continue because it's a long season.
1: Yes, it is. Just the beginning. It's uh, kind of wild to think that that the league is is now heading into June, though, like the month of May is, has gone by in a flash. And now we're heading into June uh, where Pride Month celebrations are are beginning. Some clubs have already kind of kicked off some celebrations a little early. And, and here at Attacking Third, we're kicking off our Pride Month celebrations as well, uh, chatting with players and athletes just like yourself all throughout the month of June. So for you, for Paige Nielsen, what, what defines uh, Pride Month for you?
2: For me personally, honestly, I haven't been super involved in the past. And I've been blessed growing up to have like a very strong family who we kind of, we love each other no matter what. Like, um, and so it's not until... I really started coming out with my wife and, and see how much like impact we had on, on other people in the stands, people on Instagram that reach out and like how other people have have a hard time coming out or not being true to themselves or not being super authentic. And for me, pride is the opposite of shame. And I think pride it's called Pride Month for the reason that like everyone should be just super proud and authentic to themselves to themselves and being proud of who they are also like makes you a lot happier and a lot more open and, and and human we're all humans we're we're all not we're all perfect in so many imperfect ways and i think it's so important one to to do as much as we can during pride month to celebrate who who we are as people and um to hopefully inspire others that that feel feel scared to come out or just not be true to who they are a hundred percent.
0: I love that. What a great sentiment to really start pride month here, um, with attacking third and hearing you say those words, uh, you mentioned this and congratulations are in order. You got married in the off season, huge congratulations to you. Uh, a a wedding in January, right before the preseason, uh, preparing for soccer, planning a wedding, and then you get traded to LA. But how was it preparing for preseason, getting married, and having that combo of, of personal celebrations and the start of a new season for you?
2: You guys, it was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like the last six, seven months of my life have been absolutely nuts. And gosh I w- i've been really working on living in the present i'm like okay today we're gonna take it day by day but winning a national championship getting traded i had to move my wife in dc because our lease was up um the week before our wedding planning the last bits of our wedding going to our honeymoon which was freaking incredible it was everything we needed after all of that <laughs> and then coming to angel city it it was like i don't know it It still seems like fate to me, Um, but I couldn't be happier to, to end up here because like after getting married to my wife and our club's all about diversity and inclusion. And I was like, wait, this is the place I'm meant to be. I think it was just so incredible. Good timing too.
0: I love to hear that, but the celebrations and the the happiness started before. How did you meet your wife? Tell us the love story. I, I want to hear okay. about this and the proposal and the proposal. break it down
2: So the love story i have I have dated in the past, and um Jen was truly the one where I was like, I need to hang out and talk to you like every single second of the day. I'm very independent and it was very not like me um. She uh, she actually DM'd me. I have a picture of it. I'll send it to you later. And it just says sliding in the DMs. I was so happy being single. I was with my roommates. I was focusing on soccer. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm not dating right now. But then I responded because I was like, oh, she's cute, I guess. Um, and I responded, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> um, and then. We talked a little on DMs and she, I, I'm a terrible texter. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm a terrible texter, but she was freaking hilarious. She's from New York. She's a tad bit crazy and she knows it. I'm from Nebraska. I'm very calm, very chill. But I was like, who is this chick? And so a couple of weeks go by and finally one night it was late and I was just like a little bored. And I was like, I wonder what's, what Jen's doing. So I was like, you should come on a walk with me at like 11 o'clock at night, and that which is really sketchy. And I told her to come to our field parking lot. And she's like, no, like, I don't want to get murdered. And, <laughs> and so we met at like a public parking lot and tried to go on a walk. It started raining. She brought her dog. And then we were like, let's just talk in the car. We talked in the car for like six hours at night, the first night we met and she actually asked me to marry her that night and as a joke but it was like the rest was (laughs) history (laughs) the rest was history like she was she was unlike anyone I've ever met and we we fell in love pretty quick
1: I love that for you that's such a good story I love that um I love that there's like layers of like what could be considered like some pretty heavy, like some pretty like lesbian or like gay culture within that. Like people, like we often hear like these jokes like within our community about like the concept of like asking someone like falling in love right away or like saying like, how are we gonna figure out like a living situation and stuff like that. And I love that like, you're just like, you both just sort of lean into it because you both sort of just knew at the beginning. And I I love that uh, for for the both of you. And, And something else that like, I think that we hear a lot about is, is something like the, the long term or the long distance type of, of relationship that you sometimes go through uh, with with her being a New Yorker. You said and like now you find yourself in a different major metropolis in, in, in L.A. Um, is that something that you both just sort of uh, am, are embracing together, just sort of this kind of like coast to coast type of uh, of kind of new generational <laughs> relationship?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say embracing. <laughs> um so we actually met at the start of covid and um we and we didn't know but we lived literally 4 minutes away from each other. Um so we would hang out every single day. We would do all of our things but like from 8 to 10 we would hang out and then go our separate ways for an entire year. So we got to know each other like more than anyone has ever got to know each other in a year. Uh, But this, this has definitely been a challenge only because we love each other that much. (laughs) We're annoyed. We're annoyed that we can't live together at the moment, but we're also like, we're also one of the best teams I've ever like seen as a couple. Um, We understand when someone's busy, we understand like, all the times we do communicate, we're absolutely like communicating with each other, trying to solve problems. She's trying to come here actually. She's in DC at the moment. Um so she's trying to navigate like quitting or working remotely from her job or getting a new job. And it's been it's been a challenge. You know, we went to we went to our honeymoon, everything was perfect. And then the day after the honeymoon I flew to LA and that was it. It was wow. And, uh, and, you know, she's, she's six years older than me and I'm, I'm old, I'm old soul too, but, um, there are conversations about having kids and, and getting a house and there's real, like, it's hard, it's hard as a soccer player, but I do, Mm -hmm appreciate how much she understands that and i understand her and i understand her job and i think that's one of the most important things in a relationship is just like understanding
1: when you're getting to know like your partner like that on on a, on a different level. I, these are things that like I had to go through with, with my partner as well. Like one of the things that maybe you share with each other is something like a coming out story. And we talked chatted a little bit off mic um because the the truth is that maybe maybe there are folks out there that don't necessarily have a coming out story to begin with or are in the beginning stages of that or or otherwise, for, for you, when you think about it, what what is what is the the what is your coming out story and, and or which would you like to share perhaps with people who are maybe kind of struggling with their own journeys right now?
2: Yeah, I have to credit my siblings for not being so scary. Sometimes they are, but not during this moment. Um I was dating a woman at the time in college, my senior year, and I didn't tell anyone, um, but my family was coming out to see a soccer game at North Carolina, and it was my birthday weekend. And my girlfriend at the time put sticky notes all over my wall in the shape of a heart about memories, about everything she loved about me, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, you know what? This is my coming out story, so I'm going to leave them up and, and show them my room and uh, so they walk Upstairs to my room And my sister My sister is hilarious She like started reading all the sticky notes She's like oh my gosh Your roommates are amazing They did this for your birthday I go "For At first I go yeah they're really great And I was like no Paige you got this You got this <laughs> And I go actually they weren't my roommates And then Sierra kept reading more And they were like a little romantic And she was like wait <laughs> And I go, yeah, actually, it's from my girlfriend. And then, which was super, like, I thought it would be easier. I'm very open. I'm a hippie. I'm very chill. I'm always, like, love whoever. We have a short life. Everyone's going to die anyway. It's blah, blah, blah. Uh, but that was, like, hard for me. I'm from Nebraska. No one's gay in Nebraska, or they are gay and there. It's a societal norm thing not to be. And, um so so like thirty seconds go by, and she says nothing, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, it all makes sense now wow. <laughs> And she just had a huge smile on her face, and she's like, "You know what? I thought about dating my best friend back in the day, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, women are just superior, I get it,." <laughs> uh, I love but that. Then, like, for anyone who's listening, it's not just that coming out, and then, like, I had my stepmom and family in Nebraska, which was even more scary, and everyone's, like, I didn't even know what to say at first, and then all my friends, and one of my closest friends from elementary school was, like, like, so positive and so happy I was brave, and she's, like, you know what, Paige, people don't change unless they have a reason to. And and you gave us a reason to change. And I think it's only doing positive things in, in my community in Nebraska. And a lot of them still came to my wedding. And it was, it was kind of, it was incredible to see.
0: I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Paige. Um, I really enjoyed it. And how you talked about your sister and your family and, and your great aunts and, having to tell those people. And it was almost like a series of coming out events because you had to continue to tell people and share your story for, for you personally, as someone who has been through that, what's your advice to those who are trying to be better allies to friends and family in the LGBTQ plus community? Um,
2: I have, I have a couple of things. One, it's really, really hard for someone to tear you down if you are so happy and positive and so in love and you're like, listen, like, I love you. I love this person. If you don't accept me, I'm going to be true to myself. I'm going to live every day and, and hopefully give everything for, like to other people. And it's really hard for people to tear you down when you're like, I don't care. Now, it's really hard to get to that point, and so the only thing I would say is, like, not be angry or bitter at first if people don't understand, and I think that comes from a place, because I grew up in a place where we didn't see it, and I remember my friends at the the moment making fun of teachers who, like, were maybe gay or maybe not, and so I have that understanding that it might be a shock to people, but I think I think, like, as we keep continuing on, hopefully accepting everyone who they are, like, it still baffles my mind that people are affected by other people's choice or, like, not choice, sexual orientation, gender. It's like, well, how does that affect your life? I really don't know. Um, But maybe it's just, like, how they look or something. I don't know. Um, But, and just to be patient. I think being patient in... And as long as you're being true to yourself, hopefully people will start to come around. And there's a huge gay straight um, community out there that that will will love you no matter what with open arms. So
1: yeah, sometimes you got to find your people, and uh, sometimes find you. That's uh, that's the that's the truth. you know, you, uh, you're someone who's had some longevity in, in NWSL and in the league here. Yeah, I, I know that you were initially drafted in, in NWL in 2016. And the beginning of your career has taken you kind of all over the world. Um, and as we're chatting with you about Pride Month and NWL, what what have you seen that is maybe different um, as a league honors a month like Pride Month now versus maybe when your pro career was was just starting
2: That is interesting. I think our league has grown in so many ways. I think we understand our platform we have and and how we can use it to inspire and make an impact on others. And I think our league with LGBTQ is one of the, the best leagues to share our platform and hopefully inspire and impact people. And I think the pride nights are amazing. I think we are creating communities at our games where you can be authentic and be most true to yourself and feel so comfortable. It's like home for people. And I think that is like the coolest part about my job. It's like not just the soccer itself, but bringing people from all different backgrounds, diversity, um, whatever identities, gender identities, sexual orientation, race. And I've seen it more and more now than ever in, I couldn't be more proud of the teams of how they're responding to social media. Social media is crazy, cancel culture, whatever. Um, people still have a right to their religious views, and I'm okay with that. It's okay to be like, "Hey, I understand that, but here's my side." Like, conversations are are getting going, and it's. I think our league is. I'm just really proud of it.
0: It's come a long way. There are so many celebrations happening throughout this month, but um, we're going to keep the celebrations going here because Paige, you wrote a book. Congratulations. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. It's about your mom. It's about grief. What inspired you to write this book?
2: Inspiration was my my grief and all of my emotions that I didn't understand as Gosh, I was 21, but I felt like a 14-year-old trying to go through life by myself. I was so lucky and blessed that my mom pretty much made all my decisions for me. (laughs) However, when she passed, I was like, holy crap, now what? And um, I had to deal and navigate my life without, I was like, what do I do? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try writing stuff on paper and hopefully that helps. And I started really writing um when i got drafted to seattle um, i wrote every game day i wrote whenever i was feeling very emotional which for six months i cried every night i listened to videos it was like it was a very it was a very important moment in my life i allowed myself to grieve but also like come out of that and then i started traveling to germany cyprus spain south korea and i had incredible experiences and I was like wait someone needs someone needs to know these experiences I think um I was finding who I was because I was like I was kind of like you know in the image of uh, my mom or or society and I was off by myself in different countries I was traveling all of Southeast Asia by myself and um like navigating like dating people overseas soccer uh life itself um i just was like i need to put it all on paper because my mind is going crazy right now <laughs> and uh so i started journaling for for years and then i was like you know what this would be awesome as the book i really started writing the book in south korea because i couldn't speak english to so I any mean, anyone everyone spoke korean which i learned korean but i was like you know what this is my this is my time to really like Let's, let's do something impactful and inspirational because I've had some crazy stories and I hope people can connect as humans and, and, and know that like life is a journey, like no matter who you are as an individual, as a collective life is a journey and wherever you head, it's not easy. And, um, that's basically the background of my book.
0: So what is your book titled? What's it called?
2: It's called Struggle the Grace.
0: Beautiful. I love that. Can't wait to
1: to read it and for so many others to, to try to read it. Because, you know, gr- grief is, besides just being devastating, it could be also like a really confusing thing for people to go through. Um, and like, you're someone who maybe has found themselves... In a position to to impact others, perhaps you know have been told like you're a role model to for some young athletes. So, you know, what what advice or message would you give to to young LGBTQ plus people who who maybe lack support systems in their lives right now?
2: Um, one, reach out. I, I hopefully uh, always respond to people, and I've gotten a lot of messages saying, "Wow, I didn't know you were." bisexual pansexual gay I don't whatever um and I was like yeah I, I haven't been out sharing it often but yes I am do you need help kind of thing um but I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that may accept who you are or may be even open to those things and finding mentors just they're like the longer the the longer like This goes on pride months and and everyone being authentic and true to themselves. There are people out there that you can reach out to that will be so happy to help you. And I think that's so important. I think community and friendship and relationships are the most important thing in life. And so finding that one person that that maybe can help you is really important.
0: Finding mentors is so important. Paige, for you, who was or is that one person that was your role model?
2: That's easy. My mom, (laughs) she, she always like, she put like, she didn't put us in a box. Like other people's like parents, they, she was like, you don't need a job right away. What are your goals in life? Like, what do you need to be doing for your goals? And I would try and fit in in high school with, with like the popular group, which I did whatever, but she's just like, but who are you? Like, like, who is Paige Nielsen? Don't be like anyone else. And and she was that. And she literally was so positive every day. People could make fun of her and she would not care. She'd be like, you know what? I am so happy with my kids. And um, so she was definitely a huge role model.
1: I'm gonna um I love that. My I when like I get asked that, I always say my mom. Too is, is is my hero, let alone my role model. But um, when we're looking at sort of the the overall scope of, of Pride Month, um, do you have any like hopes or or future for future Pride Month celebrations down the road? Because as someone who has celebrated Pride Month herself, I've noticed that there are always like things within Pride Month that um, maybe the community like latches onto that like really wants to celebrate a specific thing. And I, I can remember even um, back in the day where something like marriage equality was like really high on the list. And and, and now that has sort of evolved into to other things within the community, like being more vocal for, for trans rights and, and things like that. Uh, so what are maybe some of your hopes in in, in future, uh, for future Pride Months to, to celebrate uh, down, down the years?
2: Trans rights are very important. Um, I think what's getting what's getting a little confusing and messy for people is gender identity, and because um, it's it's very new to a lot of people that I've spoken to, they're like, I don't get it. Cis trans, like I don't like we're we're born with our our genitals or whatever, um, and I think. I just I wish people were more open to being educated with it so it's like we're, we're we're having these pride months and I think we're moving that way like it's not just pride month yay parade yay it's like people are posting educational stuff on Instagram and and there are books out there about like what society systemic society and institutional society was informed and, and shaped us a long time ago in the 1800s and that there's always been gay people there's always been people that don't identify with their um with their like biological sex or whatever that was given to them and so i hope that there's just more education for the future
1: I love that. I think uh, tying that in with the fact that you're someone who has also written a book to maybe where other people can try to find some some comfort and some relief and also education with it. I love that all of this stuff is tied in together. And um, I'm thrilled that you were able to join us today. So thank you so much for being with us on Attacking Third as we kick off. Pride Month celebrations. Thank you for helping us celebrate Pride, Pride Month. We always thank our listeners at the end of an ep- episode. So thanks so much to uh, everyone who's been following us along. You can continue to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube and YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. And stay tuned for more Pride Month coverage at Attacking Third. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman and Paige Nelson, this was Attacking Third.